shining a light on podcasts and videos that have caught our attention. The Spotlight with Jen Spiker. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the free Vision Christian Media app. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. Just like our commentaries and Bible studies and things, they're not inspired scripture, but they're interpretations and teaching. Uh, the Talmud teaches. It teaches and states that on Rosh Hashanah, the dead will be raised. What? Like a resurrection. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. Over the last couple of programs, we've been learning about the Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah. We've been learning about this incredible feast, and most importantly, seeing how this particular feast points very much to the return of Messiah. This particular feast, as we know, it's also known as the Feast of Trumpets, and we've talked about these many hundred blasts of the shofar that take place during this particular feast. The first one is about the coronation of the king, and then there is these Two different sets of blasts that talk about calling to repentance and then deep inner groaning for repentance. All of this leads, it begins the days of awe, which is going to lead into Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And then there is the last uh, blast, the very last one, the Tekiah Hagadol, and that is where they hold this blast for as long as they can because it's called the last trump. There's so many similarities to so much that we are taught about the return of Christ that all take place during Rosh Hashanah. But last time we finished off um, reading a couple of passages of Scripture in Psalm 47 and also in Colossians 1 that talked about how God is the Lord Most High, this King over all the earth and all creation. And, of course, we know that the king over all creation who was instrumental in everything being created and was created for him, by him, through him, and without him nothing was made. And we know that that is Jesus the Messiah. But what's really interesting is that every Hebrew month has very spiritual significance. Every Hebrew letter, every Hebrew number all has spiritual significance as well as telling you what month of the year it is, what day it is and what time it is and, you know. So they all have a great deal of spiritual significance. Now, the month that precedes Tishri, Tishri is the month when uh, Rosh Hashanah is the head of the new year. This is their Mm -hmm. new year. The month that precedes that is the month of Elul. And the spiritual significance of Elul is that it is a month of preparation, getting ready for the new year and the coming of the king. And as believers, we would say, well, it's our responsibility as believers waiting for our bridegroom to come. We're supposed to be preparing ourselves, Mm. waiting for his imminent return. And for the Jews, it would be his imminent arrival. Yeah, that's right. And we would say for the second time. So there's so much significance in all of this. And, you know, when we're talking about the arrival of the Messiah, again, they're saying for the first time, we're saying for the second time, but it's in this lead up to the beginning of of Rosh Hashanah. But repentance must come first. Yeah, well, Jesus mentioned this in the Gospels in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. It says, Now after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into the Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. 
So before salvation, you have repentance. And then once repentance takes place, then you have your king. Mm. The king has come and he's saying the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is here. And we, I think we've mentioned this a number of times, but it's not been in the Christian psyche to know or learn about the Jewish feast. It's almost as though because these were listed in the Old Covenant, therefore they're obsolete, we don't need them anymore. Or because they're Jewish and we're not Jewish, we don't need to know anything about them. But as we've learned, the Jewish feasts, they're not just an excuse to get together and have a big feed. They present from start to finish, all seven mandatory feasts actually present the story of human redemption mm. and the coming of Messiah and his fulfillment in every single one of those feasts. Yeah. Once again in the Gospels, when Jesus was in Mary's womb, yeah. the angel Gabriel actually prophesied to Mary. In Luke uh, chapter 1, this is found. It says, And behold, you'll conceive in your womb and bear a son. You shall name him Jesus. He'll be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he'll reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. That's Absolutely true. But the point is, if you look back in history, he actually never ruled from the throne of his father, David, in Jerusalem when he had his earthly ministry. Mm. So that's talking about a future arrival for him. Now, what happens when a king takes the throne? There's a coronation. And what is the very first trumpet that you hear at Rosh Hashanah? Well, it's the Tekiah. It's this long blast, which is to signify the coronation mm. of the king. So the point is, is, Jesus didn't sit on the throne of his father, David, during his earthly ministry, but he's going to when he comes back. And when he arrives, when the king comes back, he will have a coronation. And of course, like you said in a previous program, we don't know the day or the hour of his return. That's what this feast is all about, not knowing the day or the hour of, uh, of these different events. And Matthew 24 and Mark 13 mentions that where Jesus himself said, but of the day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. That's why this feast takes place over two days, because it, it it's hard to pinpoint the exact starting time because of the new moon at this particular time. So to make sure they've got it right, it covers two days, <laughs> which means nobody knows the exact moment mm. of this particular feast. They don't know the day or the hour. They don't know the day or the hour. No, yeah. exactly. That's amazing. It's fantastic, isn't it? The parallels are just amazing. All right, so have a listen to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 and 52. He said, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will be raised imperishable and we will all be changed. Now, first of all, we're not all going to sleep. It's a mystery. We know that this last trump is going to arrive, and when it does, it's going to usher in our king. Mm. But we would say, well, okay, that's just the New Testament, but what does this mean to Jewish people? Well, they also have a book called the Talmud. Now, it's not inspired scripture. Just like our commentaries and Bible studies and things, they're not inspired scripture, but they're interpretations and teaching of inspired scripture. Yeah. But listen to what it, uh, the Talmud teaches. It teaches and states that on Rosh Hashanah, the dead will be raised. 
Like a resurrection. And when the resurrection happens, that's when their redemption has been fulfilled and their redemption gets fulfilled when their Messiah comes. Mm, That's amazing. And they're anticipating a Messiah king who is going to come and set up a kingdom and rule. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. Isn't that amazing? So then a question that I just can't get out of my mind is, does this mean that Jesus will return during the Feast of Trumpets. Okay, if I said yes, you'd have to burn me at the stake for being a heretic. (laughs) Do you know, I don't know. Nobody knows the hour of the day. However, if you look at these patterns as though God is trying to inform his people, Mm. he's trying to educate his people about what his plan is, and his plan unfolds in these feasts and they celebrate them every year, Look, there is a very good possibility that the Messiah could come during Rosh Hashanah. It would make absolute sense. But I don't know the day, I don't know the hour, and I couldn't possibly tell you the month. Mm. But I do know that a lot of Christians around the world sit up and they take a big breath every every Rosh Hashanah that yeah. actually unfolds because it's the celebration of a coming king where repentance is essential in this preparation. And again, that leads into Yom Kippur, which we will be learning about very, very soon, which is all about this substitutionary atonement that provides us with salvation. Mm, it's amazing. The parallels are stunning. There's so much symbology, isn't it, there in is. that, all this and even the other uh, part of this feast is where they commemorate the binding of Isaac and the substitutionary ram. And that's all, once again, you can see Christ personified in all this. He is in every element, every tiny little tradition and element, Christ is the fulfillment. And and he's coming back. He's coming back. And that's the longing for our king. And of course, Paul in 2 Timothy says about this, 2 Timothy 2, 7 and 8, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. So we're supposed to be longing for his return. We're supposed to be being prepared for the coming of our king. Our hearts are supposed to be in a state of repentance and dealing with all of the yuck that we wade through every single day in preparation for our king to come. So it's a solemn, serious feast or, or festival, but it's also one of great joy because it's what it's leading up to. But if, if you're celebrating Rosh Hashanah, then we would say to you, Shana Tovah. That's to a happy new year. As always, a reminder that the notes are available online for these amazing studies. You can find them at vision.org.au slash foundations. Well, we invite you to join us again next time as we continue exploring Jewish custom, culture and history and how it applies to our Christian faith. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.